podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Football whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. Don't forget our Whistleblowers iPhone app is completely free. You get this podcast first, videos, and all the archives, plus the latest football news from the BBC Telegraph and the Guardian. Follow the links from the whistleblowers.net or find them in the App Store. You know it makes perfect sense in this 21st century in which we're having a conversation. And this conversation will now be moved on by a couple of gentlemen um, who are very familiar here, of course. Mr. Kevin Davis, is it particularly familiar person. Good evening. I've always said that about you, Kevin. You've 20, 25 years into our relationship, and that burst of noise when you introduced the show still takes me a touch by surprise. It's when I... Because it's my starting voice, isn't it? It's like, it is a starting gun, isn't it? It's your indoor voice. That's the worrying thing as well. It's the, it's the only voice, isn't it? It's all I have. Good evening. Afternoon, uh, as, as, morning, as well, delete, as, well delete as appropriate. I've had to tell everybody, of course, I, I, I'm not loud. I resonate. We have covered this before. Uh, it, it's it's basically old man Riverport. I'm right down there where Paul Robeson works. This is this is me all over. Uh, Andy Brassel has joined us once again from Europe. Hello, uh, uh, which is the place? Um, well, see, well, it is Europe, isn't it? It's not even in Europe. But of course, that's ridiculous because, of course, uh, Mr. Andy Brassel knows everything about Europe, but also supports Wimbledon, which is the confusing part, isn't it? That's right. I also know quite a lot about Blackadder, and your resonance at the start of the podcast reminds me very much of the episode where those Shakespearean actors in Blackadder the Third are trying to teach the Prince Regent to project yes! so he's respected by his people. That's all I'm doing. I'm trying to... I'm sending it out to the Tanner seats. That's all I'm doing, we're, Andy. We're, Thank we're you. We respect you anyway. You can pipe down. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's unlikely to happen, though. This is the tragedy of it all. <laughs> yeah, another Wimbledon This is Shakespearean fa- tragedy of it all. Yeah, another Wimbledon fan who's failed to say thank you for... <laughs> Sell, on, sell us part rescuing the <laughs> you know, miserable little crew. <laughs> I bring them on, don't I? A conveyor belt of them, and yet none of them. It's almost like they conspire against you. Yeah, we don't want money or anything. Just thank you, a little nod of gratitude. Would be nice, really, yeah. just perhaps a card. Yeah. You know, but no. Could they be you never arsed? Right. You never <laughs> they yeah. be, uh, they, no, they well couldn't. They beat us every game they played us at Sellers Park. Uh, yeah. But then we won the last game at Plough Lane, so there you go. I'd like to start, if you, if you don't mind, uh, and, and, and it's timely, of course, uh, to have you here, Kevin. It's always lovely and also timely. The two things together uh, are per- are perfect. Uh, Emmanuel de Bayor is an interesting <laughs> name to crop up at any given moment, but... It's very strange. This transfer window, with this move, mm. uh, given the fact, of course, many transfer windows with many moves, there's been a lot of praise, I feel, um, uh, uh, in and around his name. And he suddenly seems to be the much maligned Emmanuel Adibayor that you're now getting. It's a funny one. He's not, he's not played since May 2015. He had to Google the club to find out who he was joining, which I don't mind. The fact that he said it out loud is, is slightly worrying. <laughs> but the good news He's, is um, tonight you will provide, during I, the course of the evening, rock five Crystal yeah. Palace facts. Not now. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it later. It's, it's interesting because I... I thought he was much older than he than he actually... I didn't realise he was only 31. He's, he's a very experienced Premier League striker. But he's kind of... I don't know. He, he's very similar to the strikers we've got already in Schumacher and... 
Connor Wickham, who leads the line very well, holds the ball up very well, is supposed to bring other people in into play, but won't score goals. I can't imagine. I mean, if he gets five goals for us between now and the end of the season, it'll be a, a very good return on the, whatever wages we're paying him. The thing is, though, you, you think so? Really? Is, is, is it interesting? I mean, yeah. going completely the other way. Uh, Barry Glendenning of the Guardian predicted on Twitter earlier today that it will score fifteen goals by the end of 15? the season. Fifteen. Well. I, <laughs> If he does, you can I'll be, hold him to that. If he does, I'll be in trouble because I, I tweeted that if he scores 10, I will swim naked across Thornton Heath Pond uh, and donate 100 <laughs> Is that 10 exactly, Kevin? Is that if, your only caveat here? That, in, that indicates to me, and I love, I love uh, sober Barry Glendinning as much as anybody else does, <laughs> that indicates to me he hasn't seen Palace play because the problem is, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a misnomer. Suddenly this season, the statistic for every club has been how many goals a striker has scored. Mm-hmm. But yeah. working on the basis, that apart from Watford, everyone says, well, everyone only plays with one striker. It seems a bit odd to say how many... You surely yeah, because should be, all you should your be, goals aren't coming from, from your number from, nine. nine no, exactly, no, so no, you should no, be talking no about... Sense. But the thing is, we have so little creativity in midfield that it doesn't really matter who's playing up front because they're not going to get the ball that much or they're not going to get crosses. For all, for all that when Balassi comes back, he's a brilliant... He's a very good player and Zahar's a very good player. The quality of our crossing is poor. The quality of our midfield ball playing is poor. He's going to be ploughing a lone furrow up front, but he's probably better at doing that than Conor Wickham would be or Glenn Murray would be. I'm st- I think it's a good signing. I do think it's a good signing, but I also think that, that if we were still fifth or sixth, they wouldn't have signed anybody. I think the club have said, there's such an outcry from Palace fans. I think they've said, look, we have to get someone in, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is, we've discussed this before, whoever's available during this window for a loan or a transfer isn't in favour at their own uh, so well, uh, by uh, default you're not getting there's a way of looking at this in yeah. terms of the transfer window but Tot- and, and as it happens Tottenham is still paying most of his wages I don't think he'll be match fit for three or four weeks but he is a good player and he is much, I, I thought he was 36, 37 so I'm and, delighted and, to and the other phrase yeah. not Balotelli which of course uh, seems to play quite <laughs> well not, not Sonogo is, uh, is even, never mind Balotelli the thing about Adebayo, though, he's this, you know, the mercurial part of him has kind of worked relatively often. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, but if you just look around the window as, as, we, as we speak anyway, it's in, we start because he's almost the most interesting one to talk about at the moment, yeah, isn't I, he? I think he is, and I think people have missed him a little bit more. Yeah, they he's like, they it, like to yeah. admit. You know, curses, um, we loves you. And when he's, when he's up for it, he's fantastic. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. In terms of ability, and I mean this with every due respect to uh, Conor Wickham, Shamak, Dwight Gale, he's miles better than what they've got. Yeah. And he, he really mm. could he's add to He's one class at the top of his and game, isn't he? I, I, yeah. I was just yeah. saying to, to Kevin before we came in how um, earlier I, I sort of got to see a large chunk of the full Palace Spurs game from the weekend and you know you think with a decent striker on the end of that they beat Spurs who were who, who one of the best teams in the, in the Premier League and, yeah. you know there's if, you Alan know, Pardew argued that two or three. Well, I think Alan Pardew no, no, also argued when he was talking about Adebayo being a difficult character I managed that in Ben Arthur yeah. in Newcastle so I could do anything I, I seem to remember him failing to integrate him in the team he left pretty quickly actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that Adibayo apart from the Google comment I did like the fact that he said those people who like me will be really happy and those more people that hate me will be really happy but I think there's more to I think the, the Pardew's been talking off the record a lot more about actually 
never mind who you bring in, just bringing somebody in to freshen up. Yeah. What is, I mean, we've got a really good first 11, first 12, if you like. This, arguably, we've got a championship squad. And in a way that Kabai, uh, Kabai sort of, con, not con, but a lot of Palace fans didn't realise that Kabai was going to be playing where he was for us, which is where he wanted to play, which is just in front of the back four. A lot of Palace fans, myself included, thought we were getting a really creative midfield player who would be box to box, be playing playing number, as a 10 like a he was ten, when he left play, Newcastle. Playing yes, a, a 10 yeah. role, who would contribute goals, and that, that didn't quite happen. But, and in the team all the time in that but, position. Yeah, but, but, yeah. But, but what he did do. He's still one of our best players. What he did do was galvanise the whole team in the first seven or eight games of the season because yeah. the other players, like Damien Delaney, were going, Jesus, I'm playing with Johan Goodbye. Mm. And I think what will happen is that you know, Adebayor will come in and players will go Well, that's, that's what he's, kind of, he's, 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 he's done, he's done that before. Of, and he's got a strut yeah. and an arrogance and he will give us something different. But I, my, I, he can't be fit. That's the other thing. It's going to be four or five. I'm, not, I'm pleased that he's come in, but I do think that a little bit is a sop to the fans he as well. He might have to do too much running, Kevin, to be honest with you. It's no, no, his, fair his point. Finishing fair is point. the job yeah. that he's required. Um, okay, so that, that's weird. I mean, next week, I say hopefully, potentially we'll be sitting there having a slightly more interesting conversation about the transfer you know, window during this period, which, as I say, has not exactly set the world alight. January tends not to have recent times. What's more interesting, I suppose, Andy, is we still have to look at the way... Managers and movement seems to remain the most interesting part of all this. But before we talk about someone leaving, I want to talk about someone who's there because you're going to have a handle on the Neville brothers and their quest to dominate in Valencia. Now, tell me about this this world from the perspective of over there because we obviously only we know it from here. We, mm-hmm. And we talked about this earlier. It's, it's the version. This is Ant and Deck taking on America. And us being shocked and appalled that the Yanks couldn't understand their language, uh, the way they spoke, and sent them back packing. Don't they know who they are? They are national treasures. On the plus, it's not quite Cheryl Cole and X Factor. <laughs> this, there, there, is, oh, there, there is older. Have no. Yeah. Good God. Let's know. You know we're going to strip those tapes. But where where do we stand with that club and the and the and the Nevilles? What's the story? There? Well, the thing is, I, I think you've you've made an important definition there because how we're looking at it. Um, is you know is this the future England manager he's, he's really good on the telly he's got loads of good ideas let's see how he gets on um, the way Valencia fans are looking at it or a lot of Valencia fans are looking at it is this is a guy with no experience taking over uh, of, of the top job taking over our massive club and he's only got the job because he's mates with the major shareholder mm. Peter Lim so where they getting uh, that idea from oh because it's true yeah, well, yeah. Pe- pe- people are angry I think less with Neville and there have been the Fuera Neville chance the Neville out chance already uh, and, and the white handkerchiefs but I think people are less upset with Neville and more upset with what he represents really which is that sense of so he's a person he's, he's yeah, sort that, of okay-ish that, that yeah. sense of cronyism that, yeah. that, that it, there it, is a, a Valencia and of course the, the previous manager um, what was the first one appointed by Peter Lim once he took over Peter Lim also uh, his major shareholder of Salford City uh, was Nuno now yeah. he was um, a manager who had two years experience of uh, coaching head coach in Rio Ave small Portuguese team got him into Europe fair enough uh, but to take the leap from there to Valencia was incredible he is also uh, was also the first ever client of super agent George Mendes. George Mendes, who is, of course, the business partner of several years mm. of Peter Lim. 
So when uh, when huh? when Nuno went, and just before Gary Neville came in, um, the chairman of Valencia, she gave a press conference and she said emphatically, the next Valencia head coach will not be a George Mendes client. She forgot. Oh, to, she wow. forgot to add the bit. He will be a really close associate, of ah, Peter yeah, Lim, yeah, right, right, which right. is pretty much the same thing. Which is, so, so basically, to actually put the to come out of the long grass by acknowledging it in the first place, and then actually then basically being a half baked like version a, a of it. A technicality. Oh dear. Essentially, in, in in general, in Spain, as you know much more about this, Andy, than Mark and I do. Do they? Who becomes managers in Spain? Is it high profile ex players? Is it people who have been through the whole coaching system? Do, do, they, do, do Spanish clubs mind that they haven't heard of the manager before as long as they've got the badges or... No, I mean, obviously there are a lot more qualified coaches. Right. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying and, and the numbers back that up. Um, it's several times the, the number of qualified coaches that there are in England for, um, and, you know, that's an ongoing problem in terms of the, the cost of getting qualified and, uh, and, and stuff like that as well as fast-tracking uh, former players. Um, but, you know, you do get some of the same managerial traits in that, you know, the same guys who fail at one club will get a, a, a job at the next one the, 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 a couple of months later. Um, but, but, yeah, with, with Valencia, it's a very particular climate at the moment just because um, when Valencia got taken over, got fully taken over by Peter Lim, um, they were just, uh, fans were just relieved that they weren't going to go to the wall anymore mm. because, you know, they... Uh, they, they a story that we all know. They yeah. De- over they, here. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they defaulted on a, on, on a massive loan uh, to the bank of, of, of several hundred million euros. They were nearly a billion euros in debt. Um, Peter Lim came and, and rescued them and he got the new stadium back on track and they're hoping to get in there for their centenary. So everyone kind of turned a blind eye to the fact that Georges Mendes was getting the players in and as time has gone by, the sense has been well, Georges Mendes is just promoting his clients and his clients are getting picked in the first team before other mm. people's. And, you know, people, yeah. people after a certain point wonder, hang about, what is... What is the club for? Who is the club being run for? What is the, what is the purpose? Yeah, and, and Neville's Neville's considered part of. Can that. I also because people talk about the Gary Neville decision to go there as a brave one, which it seems to be on his part. On his part, yeah. Um, and people say, well, he's doing that because it will help him get the England job. Could it not be that he did it because it will help him get the Man United job? Because surely there's as, there's as much logic that United will turn to him as there is that they will turn to Ryan Giggs. In his own head, because I wondered why that's maybe that's why well, the reason well, why the, the, the way it's going, he felt because he hasn't gone brilliant, he hasn't won a game. Well, yet, the way but, it's going at the moment, the yeah. next job might be Salford City. Yeah, but in, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but I wondered if he's whether lucky. But I wondered whether that was part of his thinking that he thought maybe he could be the next person that Man United turned to. Well, I, I think I think that that makes better sense if you think about it, because managing a, a, a top club that hopes to be challenging at the top of the league, even if they're not going to get past Barcelona and Real Madrid, certainly not. Short, I mean, he's going to so. want to do Valencia for a couple of I mean, three years before that yeah, becomes a, a thing, isn't in, he? In to a, make himself look in a the part in a Champions he? League context. You know that that could mean a lot, couldn't it? I yeah. mean, it, it could it could put him in a really good spot. But I mean, it, it's, it's difficult for him. I have every sympathy for him from a. A football perspective because he's he's taken over a, a team with low morale that needed more players last summer and didn't get it it looks on paper as if Valencia spent um, a lot of money last summer in fact they were paying obligatory purchase clauses for players that had previously loaned 
Mendes clients, obviously. Um, So they didn't have the new blood they needed in the team after they qualified for the Champions League. And, you know, he he just inherited a team, an inexperienced coach, inherited a team whose morale was on the floor. Just on that point, because to move it on, but is there a moment where that connection with Mendes and the owner, blah, 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 can come home to roost. And it was seen as being corrupt, corrupt and breaking rules. Or are they, can they just ride roughshod over it? Well, conflict of interest exists everywhere in football. And so, exactly. So what's That's your answer, really. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, though. The, the, the one sort of positive thing that's happened for Valencia under Gary Neville so far and you know you know it's just been a frustration not to not to win and the fact that the performance has been quite poor is that he's really rehabilitated um rehabilitated Alvaro Negredo now he's a player who they got on loan who didn't do great in his first season no. they had an obligatory purchase clause of a massive amount it's like 30 million euros that they had to pay that they didn't want to pay um he came in the previous manager Nuno didn't rate him at all Neville has obviously decided I want my big English style centre forward number nine reference point and he's made him into a player again he could have a good, he, he, you know, he do really well at Salford City that boy wouldn't yeah. he because well, they, they he, want to target man up there don't they except he's made him into a player but the team the rest, so yeah exactly okay. how, how long is I mean because we the, the cliche always is from English football fans that yeah, Spanish Italian clubs change their manager every six, seven months because mm. that's how. Because you know, we don't know as much about foreign football as you do, unfortunately, Andy. Why you should be on here every week. So, how long will Neville have? Do you think? In well, it's, it's and is it always is it always the fans that lead to the downfall of a manager in Spain? Um, well, in Valencia, like you'll have heard this cliche, I'm sure, when Gary Neville took charge, it's an incredibly demanding club. Right. It, <laughs> it, it really is. You know, their fans expect a lot, and it's a big club, and their, their fans are not slow to let you know if, if, if you're not doing great but he's got till the end of the season and the fact is they're so far off the Champions League place they're like 17 yeah it's not even yeah, an yeah. issue is yeah, it they're, they're 17 points off Champions yeah, League places it's not a... so uh, basic, basically they're, st- they're still in the Copa del Rey they're in the quarterfinals um, so the, God, they, if, he, they, if he nudges them towards a cup that could, that could be that, really impressive that, that, it? That, that could mean something and maybe they'll give him something to work with because I think there are a lot of bigger managers who because of that sense of unease about the way the club's being run even though it's such a big name they won't want to touch then, it so, so, so he's got a deal mm. till the end of the season and he had nothing I, I, to I, lose I, didn't he as I a result of that I yeah. them out extending it I, I mean the thing is to, 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 be, to be reasonable like people are saying oh it could really harm him if he falls flat in his face there well, not to anyone who knows anything about Valencia mm. because mm. it's set, That's what up, I mean. set up for him to fail. So if he manages something, it's amazing. Exactly. It's just good experience for him. We'll come back to uh, Spain a little later on. But uh, Kevin, what interests me at the moment is the fact that um, during this window, what's happened is rather so much than players get you excited is that suddenly Chelsea seem to look at the shopping list has been provided for us all to read and enjoy mm. from various different sources. <laughs> um, and I'd say it's an eclectic one. The kind of basket... Yeah. That looks like someone's just gone up the aisles and not really written it down with pen and paper on a pad in advance. Mark Hughes, Pochettino, Eddie Howe, Claudio Ranieri. It's a, it's a, it's a, and I, th- I think Didier Deschamps was, was, was yeah. referred to as well. So st- right. stick a minute. Patently, they're going to have to have a look. I given imagine. The, the comple- you know, given, the, given the nature of Chelsea, for example, let's say Eddie Howe and Mark Hughes domestic very young and experienced it makes sense 
I imagine Alan Pardew will be cross that he's not on that well, list. Well, I think because uh, he, he's always talking. He's about all right. He's got England job. Don't I'm, matter. I imagine Sam Allardyce will be cross. He's not on that list. <laughs> and as we speak, we'll be saying if I was called Sam Allardyceo, I'd be uh, <laughs> the. The Mark Hughes one, I suppose, makes sense in that he played for Chelsea, and there's a kind of Roberto Di Matteo thing. But I, Chelsea fans, you talk about expectations; they are a top European side. I can't, Eddie Howe. You just you can't equate what he did with Bournemouth and are, say are that you he can buying do a into job. the. That's almost you're nearly nudging into buying into the snobbery that Chelsea are too special to have blokes like that moment there aren't you no I'm saying that Chelsea fans will think that they're too ah, special to have fair for, fair in, in that th- there's more logic to getting Brendan Rodgers in because he was under Mourinho but, H- whose name I hadn't mentioned but the, the, th- but the, yeah. thing, the thing is there are certain clubs like and Liverpool are, are one of them in that Everton for example might accept a Mark Hughes or yeah. Eddie Howe okay. but there are clubs that are they will say we need managers so basically the same six or eight managers manage the same top six or eight clubs it, in Europe but there's, I can't see any unless Chelsea have financial problems we don't know I can't see any I can't see a domestic manager that will go to Chelsea or that Chelsea, that. that Chelsea would ask because the thing with Eddie Howe you go yes but Eddie Howe would say well I want 10 years but why what yeah but what but then by what logic would you ask him to do, to manage he's, he's, well, he's managing to, he's got he's got point. he's the fact is he speaks that, that a bit, is exactly the point of Chelsea isn't it he speaks yeah. a bit of Russian because they've got you know yeah the Bournemouth story is a is a wonderful one but it's underpinned by a, a Russian billionaire. Yeah. Let's let's not, not forget that. No, so a, a fairy tale so Russian billionaire. Sorry, Kevin. So Eddie Howe knows that. But by any logic, why would you why would you get the manager of a team that's fifteenth in the in the Premier League to manage a team that's thirteenth in the Premier League? Yeah, it's not probably not a good. I I just can't <laughs> I just can't see that. that right. I can't see that Abramovich or and I don't know where that that list seems really odd to me. It's like okay, well it, it, it seems arbitrary, but here's the point though, Andy, isn't it? Is that they do have to have a look. Why? There's not much. Well, Why because, do they have to have a look? Well, okay, but no, because they've given themselves an option. They've got the manager, including the manager they've got now. I suppose yeah. it's an option. But my point would be, are Chelsea looking at this and going, do you know what? We've got a chance here to just try something different and have a bit of a go. No. Or, uh, okay, thanks, Kevin. I know you're directing uh, at somebody else. I know I'm actually <laughs> looking at Andy <laughs> and asking him questions, and no, I, can hear your no, I can hear your voice saying no, no, no. <laughs> no I'll no come one. back to you if you don't oh, mind, then, on that oh, note. Oh, oh, given the fact there's two people I'm asking <laughs> questions of, is there a rationale behind Chelsea looking at a new way? Definitely, uh, because, you know, if, if, if you're looking, as Kevin says, at those you know, top however many managers, like half dozen managers who we think, or coaches who we think can like hope to get the Chelsea job. Well, they've just fired one of them. Uh, Guardiola's already promised elsewhere. He's gone. Ancelotti's promised elsewhere. Is he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got this Bayern Munich job for next season yeah. where he'll be replacing Guardiola. So, um, Capello. Who does, I mean, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be crazy. That's the old days. That, that, would, that would be a worse appointment than Hiddink, and that is saying something. <laughs> I think, like, fair enough. I think you could say Mark Hughes and Eddie Howe. It's like maybe they're doing due diligence in assessing a number of candidates and trying to think outside the box a little bit. I think one of the biggest problems for Chelsea is that they have this all-conquering 
uh, youth side that's won the FA Cup, yeah. uh, Youth Cup a couple of years in a, a row, and they can't make that bridge between having those players. Well, no and, and will to, Andy. That's the point. They've, 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 they're think? set up... They're because, a machine, they're a factory set up to create... There's one level... To, to create collateral. Yeah. But and because then, those, and those, then there's a the first team. Those, those young players are collateral, Which is like, why like new De Bruyne manager were, might, yeah. and like Lukaku was. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, but although, of course, that come back and bit them on the backside somewhat in the fact that they had to pay a bit of money to get some boys back. But, 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 but they, are, they are set up as a, a sort of a mini-industry, aren't they? But yeah. would a new manager change that? Well, the, the, the thing is, Hiddink has gen- gently suggested he might do that. Mourinho said, really? he, Mourinho said he would at the beginning <laughs> and then didn't. Um, but you think, you know, the, arguably, if you're from a Chelsea fan's perspective, you know, the greatest player in the history of, or the recent history of your club is a youth team product. And so what possible justification, especially if you've got youth teamers, and especially as you've got a fallow period in between now and the end of the season where they're not getting in the top six and they're not going yeah, down. Yeah. Like, what better time? It's, it's a really unusual time for Chelsea. Chelsea are never going to have a half season like this again. No. And you think, if they, if they could do that and create you know, what Manchester United had in the 90s or something like that. I don't think creating an all-conquering side and going out, you know, and like having youth players is mutually exclusive. And especially if they've got, you know, a, a decent generation going forward. I think it could be an ideal time to test the water. I think the, the names that are in the mix that interest me are Pochettino and Koeman. Because not only are they, yeah. are, they, are they two guys with Premier League experience, with successful Premier League experience, but with the experience of bringing through young players, developing them and making them establish themselves as Premier League players, plus integrating them with high quality signings. So there, they, you know, they've done it, you know, Pochettino's done it at Southampton and he's done it at Spurs. Koeman's done it at Feyenoord. And now he's doing it at Southampton. But, you, I, the, me, the, but it's it, a different animal. You, you look at the resist. You'd have to change the entire culture of Chelsea. Yes, because you're sure. But look, uh, look, look, yeah. look, look at the resistance just to uh, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, right. Who's a, by all account, everyone says he's a really good player. Yeah, Mourinho brought him in the team. I think to fail. There's, there's there's no culture at Chelsea of bringing through their good young players. And the things yeah. with Pochettino, Koeman, that would take two or three years. Chelsea, yeah. The Chelsea hierarchy and the fans won't accept a two or three year wait. They won't accept another wait, another year. They'll put this year down to experience, possibly if they win a trophy, which they may well do. But they won't, they won't allow that to happen. The Chelsea fans aren't looking for progression. Chelsea fans aren't going to say, well, get Pochettino in and we'll finish you eighth think? next season. Does Abra- well, I don't know if cares about the Chelsea because fans that's in not, that sense. No, no, but, but Abramovich is not looking for that. That's, but that's starting again. It is, because it's starting again. Because Pochettino and Koeman can only progress. They, can't, they won't overnight be able to change what's happened to Chelsea this season. No, sure. And, it, and so next, so Pochettino they, will be saying, you have to judge me on three years. They might put a nicer 11 out there. The point you make, Kevin, but I'll go the flip side of it. It's saying, like, given the fact that they're, they're plodding away eight off the bottom. Mm. They could they could actually be eight off the bottom for the next two seasons, but play better football. And suddenly no, the Chelsea fans will buy into every, it. All, all, every Chelsea fan you speak to, every Chelsea pundit, they're putting this year down to experience. They're putting it down one to, year down. They're to putting experience. this season yeah. down to experience. Sure, Anthony okay. Mourinho feeling whatever. They're too big a club to go. Well, next season we'll finish tenth, and that'll be fine. Season after that we'll finish sixth, that'll be fine. They can't start again on their on their way up. That's but, that's, oh, that's so where they example, were fifteen no, years no, ago. No, they one's, can't. no one's talking about like. You were talking about bringing young players through is a gradual thing. We're not, we're not talking about 
populate, populating gradual. six or seven well, of, the, gradual, of, the word, of, of, of the 11 with, with, yeah. with you know, most yeah, of those players just didn't want to play for Mourinho but anymore. they won't judge them. That's so, true. So, so, so ba- basically, if, if you go in with that team and plus maybe one, two young players, maybe, maybe Loftus-Cheek, maybe Christensen, who's on loan at Gladbach, whoever... But my point, and you my go, point is, you go from there. That doesn't mean you're going to finish eighth. But my point is, it's yeah. all right. No, but it's all right for a, a club like Palace to bring a couple of young players through because that's what we expect. But Chelsea, you, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to say that this is progress. We've got we've got two more young English kids than we had last. All I they don't, want, I don't all know. They want I, I, my they my do, opinion, I think I think the abject failure this year. Has no, given no, no, them license almost. Not at all. all they care, next season they've got to finish. They can't have a season like this. Next season they've got to be top four yeah. or win the league. Yeah. And the fact is, they're not. They, you can't. You can't square that circle because you can't do that. You can't suddenly put the, the young kids in that, that team. Yeah. And you can bring them through in League Cup games. Blah blah blah. But the fans, Palace fans, don't mind it because we well, still have to live. In, off, that, in that case, uh, I say good luck to Eddie Howe when he takes over and yeah. to give them to get them back in the Champions League. Uh, before we go, because we've got a few minutes left, uh, we just can you tidy up the wacky world that's going on in Madrid? Because, of course. We just mentioned Chelsea there, and Chelsea's kind of mm. are, are somewhat in the frame because of the kid Traore yeah. as we speak, and some I can't even begin to work it out. So they played, played in friendly, played in before he signed but a pro behind, contract, but behind closed doors. Yeah, but right. there was behind closed doors, so he didn't count this. Oh, the Spanish clubs are now are now Madrid being held out there as being are they being used as examples? As whipping boys for well, the rest of the world to look at. Yeah, it's um, the famous, now famous, artic- since Barcelona, Article 19 of, of, of FIFA's transfer regulations about um, the, the movement of, of minors uh, and overseas minors, especially. Um, so, obviously, Barcelona got a registration ban, not a transfer ban, as people say, because they still transfer people during that period. They just couldn't register them. They couldn't play them um, for okay. two windows. Right. Well, well, it's well, almost well. like you don't even know what that means as a, as a sentence, but okay. So, so case, they could still bring players in? They could sign players, so but they, they couldn't play them. So, of right. course, like right. last, last, course. last summer, they signed uh, Ada Turan from Atletico Madrid. They signed uh, Alex Vidal from uh, Sevilla, international midfielder, of course. But do they have for, to keep circling the airport? What, what do they do? Do they, <laughs> do they put them in, a hotel, in, a, in, a, in their own flat and just train them or something? No, or? They, can, they can train with Barcelona. They can wear the kit. They're, they're just not allowed to play. Wow. Uh, so, basically... If you think it, oh, it, it takes us back to where we were about January signings yeah. being a risk, these are the least risky January signings ever. Not just because they're really great players, but because they've had six months to find a house, to adjust on a personal level, to get used to their new teammates. Oh, yeah. that's quite that's and quite smart. Funnily, funnily enough, when they came in on the second of January, Arda Turan looks like he's been there for years. Right. Alex Vidal looks like he's been there for years and they're brilliant so, so they're not away. thrown into not, the side and a boy like, I like not like January players so what who've, you, who've, oh. who, who, who've been injured or been without a club for a while yeah. been out of favour for Kevin a while said, six, six games around a boy or get up to speed is, is not an issue so can you can you very briefly explain what what is it that Chelsea have done wrong and how does that compare with what well the, the allegation with Chelsea is that um, he, he wasn't properly registered basically he was uh, on, on an associate contract he, was, he wasn't on a, 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 
proper full-time pro contract because right. uh, he wasn't old enough and they played him in games which they say were behind closed doors friendlies so they didn't count etc etc he played in a pre-season tour with them and he was very very good um, but there was talk of him being spirited away because he hadn't signed this professional contract right. so that's um, one interpretation of this apparently is that they've contravened this Article 19, which Barcelona did with some of the young players and some of the overseas young players that are in their La Masia Academy. Now, when Barcelona were answering these allegations, they all, they all always said, we've got an impeccable record with young players. We look after their social and emotional development. <laughs> they, they never actually answered the fact that they'd contravened the rules. They just said, you know, we're morally above this. Yeah, once we got on, yeah, they're good lads. Ever, ever since Barcelona... Thank you, Fagin. Ever, yeah, ever <laughs> since Barcelona uh, got got that uh, registration ban there's been a feeling in Spain because the Spanish FA the uh, RFEF they got disciplined for that as well they got fined for that as well so the feeling has been from the beginning that a ban was in the post for someone else and funnily enough there was get out of town for Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid and again the RFEF have been disciplined so basically the clubs all feel with received really bad guidance and if you look at Real Madrid two of the players they seem to have improperly registered <laughs> right here we go we've, we've got two we've got two minutes to go and you've got to tell this this is this is nuts Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z all the Z's yeah to explain what's happened there with their new manager and Whatever. Yeah, two, two of Zinedine Zidane's sons are two of these improperly registered players for which they've been disciplined. Uh, so but their mum... They're French internationals. Yes. Uh, but obviously they've lived uh, quite a bit of their life in Madrid. You'd because, like to think so because uh, that's where their father because, does. He yeah, makes a living. And their mum is Spanish. <laughs> but uh, Atletico are always a bit vulnerable to this because they've got... In their academy, they've got 49... As of last year, they've got 49 foreign players with 28 different nationalities. Wow. Ah, now that is hard to manage. All under the age of eighteen. Well, well. So Chelsea's contravention then is this a tip of an? Have Chelsea got a record of this, or does it? Because it seems to me slightly harsh that they were already talking about a transfer ban or a registration ban for Chelsea for one small contravention of, uh, uh, of, or possibly even a grey area contravention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would be interested to see how it goes. I mean, it's been suggested, yes. I think, because it's Jermaine and in the news, that, that there'll be a, a FIFA registration ban. But, you know, whether you think, whether Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid were misguided or not, right. it was clearly systemic. Right. You know, th- right, there's, right, right. there's no okay. doubt about that. And clearly, FIFA decided that, you know, the Spanish FA were... We're hugely complicit in this yeah. by their poor guidance. Well, and of course, gentlemen, uh, uh, you need unfold- a special, you need a whole podcast on this issue. Because- uh, it's a double matter entirely, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we'll exactly. get Zidane on next week, eh? Yeah. Well, or, or even, or even weirder, of course, we'll be finding that Emmanuel Amanda uh, Boris actually only or John, fourteen. Or, yeah. <laughs> so or, or Johnny Williams, who's exposed another grey area by, you know. He's playing for his third club this season, MK Dons. Oh, you, you, well, you, know, yeah. you know why they're getting away with that? Right. It's because MK Dons aren't a proper football club. Fair point. Oh, Fair point. Yeah. By the way, uh, and on that note, I'm glad you said that because we've got to go now. But I, I did go over to Kingston to watch uh, Mansfield play against uh, against. Uh, against uh, um, AFC Wimbledon. Uh, AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> so close I, I think we're MK Dons tonight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know someone played there. Give your womble a wash. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all I've got to say. Hayden, have a little scrub down, son. You're scaring the kids. Thank you, lads. That was the whistleblowers. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.